um, get a lot of backlash and, and people trying to accuse you of still being in the white nationalist movement and calling you names and things like that? Do you get that often? Yeah, unfortunately, you know, there in in the movement, as you as you remember, when when we were involved in the movement, there's a lot of infighting that's involved in the white nationalist movement where different groups are bickering, whether it's religion, whether it's, you know, Tommy took so you know, Billy's girlfriend, you know, all this kind of stuff. There's a lot of infighting and a lot of bickering and things like that. And um, when you get out, when you leave the movement, you don't have a lot of resources. There's not a lot of places that you can um, turn to and, and uh, to, to talk to people about, you know, leaving the movement and what is a good uh, a way to do that. You feel really isolated, really alone in a lot of ways. You have to understand, uh, I know we're preaching to the choir a little bit here, but we're doing this for the viewing audience. But um, as you know, there's not a lot of resources and there's not, when you want to tell somebody like, hey, I'm thinking to leave or I don't want to be involved in this anymore, your whole social circle and everybody that you know is, has been part of the movement in, in a lot of cases. A lot of people that have been involved don't have that support network and, and things like that. So quite often when you're getting out, you are looking to other formers or other groups of formers that are out there um, for advice or for direction. And that's one of the reasons why we created the Beyond Barriers organization, the nonprofit. And we actually, we just launched that officially. It's something we've been working on for a little while. And I thought originally that <clears throat> I thought originally it was something that uh, we wouldn't even launch for maybe another year or so, but the demand right now and the incredible amount of people that are reaching out to us, asking for help, asking for direction is so numerous that we felt like now is the time to do this. So we've announced the Beyond Barriers organization. We've announced uh, about five of the people that are working with us. We have, uh, uh, yourself, Jen Christ, myself, Jeff Scoop, uh, Acacia Dietz, Duke Schneider, Ed Schofield, and we're going to be announcing a number of other people as as we progress as an organization. But um, one of the things that I, I believe makes the organization different from some of the other DRAD groups is just that, is that we are doing things in a different manner. We are approaching deradicalization from a different standpoint and we are not expecting first of all i guess you have to understand that when someone's coming out of the movement usually they're if if we're looking we'll dissect the far right specifically because that's that's where our expertise comes from that's where we came from but um when you're looking at the far right and someone that's leaving a lot of times people that are leaving those organizations hold a lot of right-wing views or conservative views, and that's okay. It's okay to have some of those conservative-type views. I'm not talking about the far-right extremist views and hate and racism, but a lot of times when a person's in that de-radicalization process, when they are, uh, the first step is disengagement. If we can get them to disengage from the hate group, from the far-right or whatever form of extremism they're involved in, that's the first step. 
The de-radicalization process uh, comes afterwards, but de uh, the disengagement is the first to get them away from that group because it often functions like a cult. And unfortunately, um, for a lot of people, that infighting that they experienced that was in the movement, we do see a little bit of that out here in uh, what I refer to as like civilian life now and you do see a little bit of that and i have caught yes you know to answer i know i, I answered your question very long here but um I, I there was i was getting to it and i want to explain that but um there is people um other formers that uh think that they know best or they feel that they have a better understanding than people that had spent as many years as we had in the movement i'm not proud uh that I was in the movement for 27 years and that I was leading the NSM for 25 of those 27 years. It's not something I'm proud of, but what I can say, uh, you know, that I learned from that experience was I took an organization that was small uh, at the time I joined it. It was very small. It was, we were in maybe three States at the time. It was a small local group in, in Minneapolis, St. Paul and Minnesota. And I built that organization from this small organization to the largest organization of its kind in the entire country. Um, it's still probably considered one of the largest Nazi organizations in this country. So I do know a thing or two about recruitment, about leadership skills, about building organizations. And uh, some of the speaking engagements that I've done since leaving the movement, um, I've trained people in leadership skills. I've you know, used that knowledge. I've helped groups with marketing and um, consulting and things like that um, because unfortunately I had this, this past, but I guess, you know, when they say, well, like when life hands you lemons, you should make lemonade. That's what I'm trying to do in, in, this, uh, in this space and in this sphere. And one thing that I do understand is that some of the people that have come out have been nasty and they have been nasty to myself, to you, to other formers. And in specific, uh, there was an incident just the other day, and that's one of the reasons why we want to touch on this on the program this evening. But there was an individual specifically that I actually didn't know about until I got uh, tagged in a post that brought, brought uh, this individual to my attention. And it was somebody that had left the movement, but they were very conservative still, which is normal from... Uh, my experience uh, that a lot of the people that are leaving do, uh, especially at first, they are they are conservative. But even years 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 later, they still remain conservative, and there's nothing wrong with that. But right now in America, we have this polarization that's so bad between even the mainstream parties of the Democrats and Republicans. Where if someone's if someone's a Republican, they're being called a Nazi, and if someone's a Democrat, they're being called a commie. Or, or something like that, and it's not even accurate. So what took place was I saw several other formers, and I know you witnessed it as well, um, were jumping on this individual because he said that he, he was still very conservative and, and he was saying some things that, that triggered them or set them off a little bit. And here um, they were just being nasty to him and calling him a Nazi. And, and uh, I don't remember exactly the words and it doesn't really matter and I'm not gonna name uh, the individual or the other individuals that were doing that. But I thought to myself, and I know we discussed this as a number of us at Beyond Barriers discussed this, 
that here you have people that claim that they were involved in white nationalism at one time 20 years ago or whenever it was. Um, I don't, I didn't know them back then. And I've been all over the country, worked with, you know, pretty much all the different white nationalist groups. That doesn't mean they weren't there, but um, they were short-term people or people that weren't very active. And, uh, you know, they, in my mind, these people are not experts. They don't really have any understanding of, of leadership. They don't have any understanding of how groups were organized. They don't understand how the structure of the organizations work. So they really don't have a full grasp on what it takes to reach those people that are in there because they, they weren't there long enough. They didn't have that understanding. And uh, unfortunately with our experience for yourself, you were raised in the movement and uh, I was there 27 years and we do have a little bit of a better understanding of uh, how these things work. And I personally don't care if somebody's on the left or the right, as long as they're not involved in extremism. But we, when we talk about compassion, empathy, things like that, as formers, it is our, I feel like, and of course it's, our, you know, my opinion, but I feel like it's our duty, it's our responsibility to try to help other formers leave, to get out and to find a safe way out. And uh, some of the things that I've been, and this is why we launched Beyond Barriers, the organization as well, is to use these skill set, the skill set that we have and the understanding we have of that world to try to reach these people. And when I see somebody that's, that's, that's been out and they're saying some things that are conservative, I understand some people don't agree with them. And some of these other formers are on the far left. Some of them, I, I've, I believe from what I've seen from their posting and things like that, they're still extremists. They just simply flip from, from the far right to the far Very left. Very Please uh, expand on that. What's, what's your thoughts on that? Um, I didn't mean, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. I, I was talking way too long. <laughs> <laughs> My thoughts on it are, as you know, um, I have kept to myself for the most part for the last 20 something years. I didn't want to work with anyone. I, uh, I didn't you know, want to get involved in anything. I did speak out for a couple of months just via Facebook through my Strength Over Evil page, but I wasn't working with anyone. I, I didn't collaborate with anyone or anything like that. And when I saw that you had left the movement, I was very interested. I was very interested to talk to you because I've known who you were for ever, <laughs> you know, for 20 something years. And I was, I was shocked, but extremely overjoyed, you know, to, to, to hear that and, and read that you had, had uh, left all of that behind. So um, I specifically, chose you, you know, to associate with and to do this with, uh, you know, I, I think I had said, Hey, why don't we do a podcast or something together? I just expected it honestly, Jeff, just to be like one podcast. I didn't realize it would go, go into this, you know, like whole series, but I, I love it, but I'm very picky about who, and I've told you this, who I choose to align myself with. I didn't know anything about that. There was this 
former community. I had absolutely no idea that was even a thing. And just the last couple weeks as I'm, you know, seeing, reading posts, learning about these different people who call themselves formers and everything, I've been just in shock, the things that I read and the way that they treat each other and the way that they come at each other. And it literally takes me right back to, you know, six, 15, 16, 17 years old, being in the middle of, you know, a hundred skinheads and other people in the white power movement. That's the way they treated each other then. And what I, what I, I just cannot wrap my head around how these people are leaving this, this, uh, this movement, but bringing all of that anger and hatred with them. It's amazing. Uh, you know, today I was told that I'm still a white supremacist. That's news to me. So, it, how does that? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Feel, to be honest with you, yeah. um, I'm 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 pretty much not bothered <laughs> because I, you know, I I had that my whole life. When I, when I left all of that, when I had, you know, got away from all of that, which was basically the day that I turned my father August into the police. That was like the end of it. That was like, you know, cutting the, cutting the strings from all of that. And, um, it, it, <laughs> I mean, he must've told just like one person and it just spread through the movement like wildfire. And I was being called a quote Jew lover and you know a, a lying POS and you know all of all of these horrible horrible things and it's like 20 something years later I'm putting myself out here like this with you I you know I I knew going into this that there was going to be backlash because that unfortunately that's just how people are but it just still just kind of blows my mind that when two people that really, I mean, we really, like, I know you said that it, it's like our duty and, and I believe that as well, but we didn't have to follow that duty. We didn't have, we don't have to do this at all. We could just, it, it would kind of be easier to just keep our mouth shut and go on with our lives, you know? And then here are these people who were supposedly where we were at once upon a time, so they should know that that's not something you, you say or do. Like, why are they attacking us? Somebody had said something about, you shouldn't be mentioning that you were uh, the leader of any, of the NSM or you know any group for that matter for 20 some odd years. Why? That's, that's that's the whole reason we're, we're, you know, you're doing this. So I'm not bothered by it, but I'm curious as to why they think that is okay and how that would help anyone. It's hateful. And for people who claim that they left hate, 
it's very ironic that they're still acting very hateful. Well said, and, and uh, I thank you for that. And one thing I, I wanna ask you about too, um, as you know, in the movement, the uh, a lot of times when people hear, uh, like you said, you had mentioned to the police about uh, your father. Um, I don't wanna make this show about that specifically, but as you know, um, in the movement, a lot of times when people hear about anything to do with the police. They don't want to, they don't want to hear it. They don't like the police. They don't want to hear it. But um, if you could just explain in brief why it was that you called the police, because I think that uh, is so horrific, your story and what happened to you. Um, and it was a really good reason actually to call the police. And, and unfortunately they didn't act on that until many years later. But if you could just explain that uh, okay. for the audience, I'd appreciate it. So in 1996, um, I had decided that I was going to report my biological father, August Christ, for the childhood sexual abuse that he had perpetrated against myself and my sister. I should have went to the police years before that but I was scared he had threatened me for, for 13 years straight that it had gone on uh, he threatened to harm or even kill my um, my mom and my grandparents because he knew they were the most important three people in my life uh, and I believed him because he was he's crazy <laughs> he's off his rocker um, so yeah that's something that you go to the police to report. And when I had went to the police, they did absolutely nothing about it. And uh, that really affected me for an extremely long time, extremely long time. I, I still, you know, I still hold a grudge, you know, for not all police at all whatsoever, but <laughs> to those, to those, the police that you know had done that um i still don't know exactly why they didn't do anything i have my thoughts on that though but to fast forward to 2014 my other siblings had came out to my half sisters had came out to their mother that he would, he had done that to them. So then that would mean my sister and I, who's my full blooded sister, he did it too. And then he continued on with this new family that he had started to all three of those girls in the family. Thankfully the South Carolina police took it seriously this time. They were absolutely mortified and shocked why the Pennsylvania State Police did nothing about it whatsoever. Um, but at least they took it seriously. And in 2015, he was found guilty on all charges and convicted to 50 consecutive years in prison. So uh, he'll, 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 he won't see the light of day, you know, because of his age already and stuff. And I think, Jen, and I appreciate you sharing that. And I, I know we've, we've touched on it before, but I, I just wanted to um, 
for those that are new watching the program or that don't know your story, it's incredibly courageous uh, for you and what you've been through, what you've done to be able to come out here um, and publicly speak of that kind of trauma, of having that kind of trauma in your life. And uh, I want you to know that what you're doing is a, is a good thing. And, and um, you know, by trying to help others, because as, as Jen said, um, no one's making us do this. Um, no one's saying we have to do this. No one's uh, pushing us or pulling our strings or anything like that. We're doing this because we want to help, because we want to make a difference. We want to change uh, and save the lives of other people. You know, if we can get people uh, to walk away from white nationalist extremism, from the far right, from the far left, from any sort of um, cult, if you're involved in things like that, a gang, that's what we do. That's what we're out here trying to do. So, and, and I don't want to spend, um, I mean, I think it's important that we acknowledge that there are these formers that are acting like a lot of people acted in the movement, you know, as, as we, as we talked about, like children. Um, I'm sorry, what? Acting like children. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's little bratty children. It's really unhelpful and it's really damaging. And um, if, if you're a former and you have spent time in the movement, um, if that story is even true, if you were there, I mean, clearly our history is right out here on the table. We're open, open to talk about it. And we will expand on that in future episodes as well, because we are going to do a piece where we kind of ask each other about uh, uh, some of our experiences there and, and we'll elaborate in more detail um, on those things. But I, I sometimes wonder if in some ways, if someone, if someone's coming out and they're, and they're leaving and um, I, and I, again, I don't want to sit here and, with the nonprofit Beyond Barriers, we're neither right nor left. Some of the people that we work with and then some of the people that are on our team are left-leaning and some are more right-leaning. And when I say that, I'm not talking about extremists because we've all left that extremist environment. But, um, you know, everybody's got their own personal political op opinions. And I, I know I get I asked that a lot, like, where do you stand politically? And really, for me, I try to steer clear of all that stuff. I try not to be biased and I try not to use bias in any way, shape or form. We spent a lifetime doing that in the movement, pointing fingers, being polarizing, uh, blaming others for our own failures in a lot of ways. You know, in the movement, it was always the fault of someone else. It was always the Jews or always the blacks. Um, we didn't introspect and look at ourselves and uh, say, wow, you know, this, this was our problem or our fault um, it was always someone else's so it's like deflecting responsibility and I see that a little bit and and I also this needs to be said too and this is this is important because we are talking kind of negative about some of these um, other individuals and I, I really need to preface that and I really want to say this there is an incredible amount of really, really super good formers that are out there. We work with a bunch of them. There's some we don't work with. Um, and there is other de-radicalization groups out there. And I think everybody does good work. I'm not trying to undermine, and that's another reason why I'm not naming anybody, but there is a small handful of individuals 
uh, that are really not such good people and they're not uh, uplifting others. They're not being empathetic. They're not being compassionate. And I see them just from, you know, things we've discussed and some of the things that these individuals are posting, they are not de-radicalized in any way, shape or form. No. They're talking about like destroying the system. Um, one of them was saying something about, I don't send my kids to school because the school system's a white supremacist uh, capitalist indoctrination centers and, and things like that. I mean, these people are really, <laughs> there was another one uh, individual that said, we need to look at our children, all of our children as potential white nationalist terrorists. Our children, our own children, all of our children. Innocent children. Our children. children. Innocent. Children. children are innocent. Exactly. They're not going to have a hateful bone in their body unless they're told to unless they're brainwashed. So I think it is important, exactly. And I, I think it's so why important. Would, why would someone look at a child like that? It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. I, I think, I mean, what it is, is, is these individuals that think that way is they've really taken, they've went from one extreme to another. They've never properly de-radicalized. They went from the far left or excuse me, in this, in these, some of the cases we're discussing, they went from the far right to the far left, and you see it the opposite too. Sometimes you have people on the far left that jump to the far right, or uh, I call it cult hopping, uh, um, that they'll be experimenting with all these different things. They'll go from religion to religion to religion, to political group to political group to political group. And I, that's normal if you're a teenager up to your early 20s. But um, later on in life, you kind of figure out, of course, people still can change, you know, I mean, there's people that we're working with, um, people even in 60 years old that are walking away from the movement now. So I'm not, I'm not diminishing any of that. And people can change. Uh, I think we're a testament, both of us are a testament to that. I mean, you were raised in the movement, I've been involved for 27 years, and we changed uh, as well. So I, I don't want to diminish any of that. But I think there is, um, there's a lesson to be learned here by some of the people that are going from one extreme to another and um, they're searching and expecting, for something. I'm sorry, what? They're searching for something. They don't know who they are. They yeah. might even be searching for just another place to feel like they fit in, you know, a camaraderie or something. Well, sure. And, that, and that's one of the things that the, the movement, uh, the movement or whatever movement one's involved with often provides for a lot of people is a lot of people, there's people that are there for ideological reasons, um, uh, political reasons. What radicalized me, I was interested in history and I had family members that had, uh, my grandfather had served in the, in Hitler's army. So I had this fascination, my fascination with history combined with the fact that my grandfather had fought in the Third Reich uh, sort of spun that fascination into, unfortunately, 27 years in the movement. Um, for some people, it's, it's things like that. And for other, people's, uh, for other people, it's the, the camaraderie or the family, uh, the family setting or having that uh, group or that, back, that backdrop, you know, that, that uh, really interests them. So there's, there's lots of different reasons people end up there. But I, I think it's, um, and that's a, that's a topic that we can cover as well and maybe in another program. But um, in the case of, of people that actually were formers or actually had served in some branch of, of the movement, whether 
was on the right or the left, um, to not have compassion or to tell other formers, you shouldn't be talking about this stuff or you need to do it our way. Or if you're not on the left or you're not on the right, that there's something wrong with you. That's incredibly damaging, especially for, for new people. And right. uh, this, this young man that uh, specifically, um, and I, I guess we shouldn't, I don't want to point anybody out specifically, but so one of the things that I've heard from quite a few of the different individuals and I've said this before, but I, I want to cover it, touch on it a little bit again today, is when I first set up my personal uh, website, when that was first set up, I had um, so many people that were reaching out, and one after another, they were asking, if I leave the movement, if I leave, do I have to become a communist? Do I have to become an anarchist? And I thought, man, why do they keep asking this? You know, and it was literally almost every person. And then they're asking me, hey, are you an anarchist? Are you a, a communist? And it was getting a little agitating, but then I, I have to bring myself back there and say, you know what? That's what we thought because there is people in the former uh, sphere that have gone to the extreme left and the people in the movement are watching this and, and they listen to this stuff and they, they look at it and they're watching what's going on. So the absolute worst thing any former can do, even if like say so-and-so doesn't like so-and-so for whatever reason, or they had some kind of feud over something. And this is why we don't name people. And this is why we don't um, specifically point out these incidents because I don't want to draw more attention to it, but these things do need to be said because you got to have some kind of personal responsibility. And if you are making a scene and doing public posts, I mean, you know, we all have private messaging, we all have emails, there's ways to reach out yep. and have these Mine's conversations. Someone wants to, to talk to me. I mean, these are people I've never ever spoken to before. I don't even know who they are. But the last thing, it's not going to help anyone that leaves the movement, and I'm speaking for the far right movement because that's what I know, you know, that's where I come from, unfortunately. And um, they're going to see this going on. Like you said, this is public on, on social media. They're going to see this and they're, they're just going to be like, what's the point? What's the point of leaving? You're called a Nazi and a white supremacist anyway. And, and you know what? And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I've actually, I've, I've been saying that in private conversations. I've been saying, hey, this is, so, this is so negative and it's so unproductive and people are watching. And I actually had a guy say publicly, and it was somebody, I don't know who he was, but he was looking at his page. It was something with the far right, clearly. And he was like, ha ha, Jeff, look, you know, the movement hates you. You're considered a traitor and you're still being called a Nazi by the Antifa and all these people. And even the other, some of the other formers are saying it. He's, how do you feel now? You're, you're, in this, you're in this position where, you know, we see you as a traitor and the Antifa and these people on the left and some of the people in the, in the CVE community are calling you a Nazi. So, you know, ha, ha, ha. And they laugh at it because that's, that's, the, that's, that's it right there. Like you, there's so much intolerance 
and so and and these are when I say this, you know, when we talk about this. I'm not talking about the majority of the formers or some of the other groups that are operating out there because they don't operate like that. This is a small cabal of troublemakers, you know, but they should not be having anything to do in this sphere because they don't know what they're either they're doing it on purpose, which is even more malicious or they're just that um, they're still just that radicalized and they're that far to the other extreme that they can't help it. Just hateful. It, it, is. it is. We're not asking people to agree with everything we say. We're not even asking people to watch our podcast, our audio cast. If you don't like it and you don't agree with it, you don't have to watch it. But why? I don't understand what all, where the, all the hate is coming from. And then trying to, um, you know, launch, launch accusations with, that are not substantiated by anything. <laughs> it's just very immature. It's, it's drama. It's not helping anything. And being told that we should go radio silent is not going to happen. No, it, it, it doesn't work. I mean, it's the, the same. We had the, the same types in the movement. And I, I can say from experience, when anyone put pressure on me in the movement, I mean, anybody in the, in the group that I was involved in, in the National Socialist Movement, they knew if they had some kind of problem with someone else or anything like that, never to come to me with an ultimatum. Because if you give me an ultimatum, you're going to get the opposite of what you were hoping to get achieve with that. So it, it was, it was, I was notorious for that. Like, don't come to me with ultimatums. It didn't mean that you couldn't approach me or, or with a problem or things like that, but don't come to me and tell me what you think I should do. And if I don't do it, give me some kind of ultimatum. I operate, you know, that's one thing just as a, as a man, no one is going to come to me and make me do anything or make me say anything. I'm saying things that I know to be true and accurate. Uh, I'm saying things that maybe are my opinions and maybe facts, you know, depending on the subject. But these are things that we specifically know. And I don't want to give these clowns too much attention either because it is just a, a handful of them that are doing it. But the problem is, is when there's people that are in the CVE community and some of these academics and they think that that is normal or they think that uh, what some of these people are saying is accurate. First of all, when someone leaves the movement, nobody, and I mean nobody, just about nobody, okay, there's a small percentage. I know of one individual, one, one person that left the movement because he was doxxed. Now that's one individual. No one that I know of has ever left the movement by, by getting punched in the face or facing violence. And I know, I know of a few cases where people have went directly from the far right to the far left. Um, and to me, that's, that's not somebody that's de-radicalized. That's not somebody that's even disengaged. That's somebody that's went from one extreme to another. They're still a radical. They're still an extremist. Right. So we have to look at this from uh, the... Uh, thinking person's perspective and use a little bit of intelligence and um, understand that the vast majority of these people that if, if they feel like, and I mean, literally one after another, just about everybody that's contacted me um, wondering, 
do they have to become a far leftist when they come out? And, and I have to keep, we have to keep explaining that to people. No, you don't have to, you know, um, just walk away. You know, they're not going to jump from one extreme to another, especially those that had been street activists or that have had direct battles and things like that with, with the far left, you know, over the years, they're not gonna simply switch. And the far left is just as intolerant as the far right. They're symbiotic. It's like they feed off of each other um, and they support each other in that, in that method where, sure, there's different differences politically, but I'm saying like the violence, the, the clashing, all this sort of thing, they feed off one another. So to, for, and I've seen academics do this too, where said, well, if you don't believe how I believe, or if you voted for Trump or you like Trump, you're still an extremist. And they're saying all these crazy things. How, no wonder people won't leave the movement. They feel like if that's their choice, and I have to, we have to keep reminding them of this, that is not your only choice, but they feel like if they talk to these other formers that are on the far left, that they have to become on the far left to leave the movement. And that it's not true. It's completely counterproductive and it rarely ever happens. It doesn't work like that. The human mind doesn't work that way. And why people keep pushing that narrative and expecting someone that's leaving, leaving the right to jump all the way to the other extreme is so ridiculous and erroneous. It, it, it actually really bothers me that that's the narrative that they try to push. And I was having this conversation the other day with, with a guy um, and he had said, well, what is it? He was talking to a, a prevent group and he had said, well, what is it that you guys do? And they said, well, we try to convince the, the far right individual that all of his ideas um, like against immigration or these different things, they're wrong. And we try to convince them of that. It doesn't work. I mean, that's just common sense. You know, like maybe eventually that person will change those beliefs. That's okay. If they don't, that's okay too. Just don't be involved in violent extremism. You know, you exactly. can still have conservative views, but you don't have to be racist. Hey, you know, I, like, lean, I lean a little to the right. I lean a little to the left. Uh, I'm a hodgepodge. I look at uh, I can't stand politics, but when I do have to pay attention to see what the heck is going on, I judge each politician based on their character and what, what they're fighting for and what they're not fighting for. And I, do, I can give a crap less what, you know, what political party they're with. I don't care, you know? Right, right. So, I mean, what's what's your thoughts on that? I mean, do you know of, and I know you you know quite a few people that have left the movement over the years as well. Um, we've, we've got an incredible number of people that we're working with. That was the other reason why we launched Beyond Barriers now is because there was so many and they were telling us, and again, this is not to diminish the work that anybody else is doing out there because I know there's people that the other groups reach that we can't as well because everybody has their own tactics and we're not saying exactly. hey, none of your tactics work we're not saying that we're not exactly. saying that and I think it's important to acknowledge that we're not diminishing that we're not in competition with these groups I don't see exactly. I don't think we're in competition with not a single one of them because our approach to this is completely different from their approach. I've watched their approaches. I've, I've seen it. I've talked to people that, are, uh, that have talked to some of these different, different groups. And we've got people that, won't, that would never even discuss things with them because they see a lot of the individuals 
leaning in their personal life. And that's okay in your personal life if you want to be on the far left. And they're afraid to be judged. They're afraid to say anything. Right. I mean, look, look, look look what happens. You know? Yeah, it's it's very, um, it's divisive. It's divisive in a lot of ways. And and you can't, it's, it's ugly. It's ugly. I feel like it's common sense, but it's not because there's a lot of people that are engaged in it. And when you're, and this is, this is how I I try to make sense of it is when you're involved in it. Okay. Like when we were in the movement, did we see our viewpoints as extremism? Would would you have considered yourself an extremist then or no? What, What was that? Would you have considered yourself an extremist when you were in the movement? Did would you have called yourself that or would you have considered yourself to be an extremist or no? Yeah. Personally. Yeah. Yeah. That's but, interesting. But I, because I think it's because I was kind of, I didn't have a choice. You know what I mean? I didn't have, I, I didn't have a choice. I didn't join anything. I was kind of, you know, because of my father. So uh, I did see it as very extreme. Not to say that that doesn't mean that I thought it was awful. I, I mean, unfortunately, um, there were to- like I-, I had to de-radicalize myself alone. <laughs> you know what I mean? I didn't. You know, I mean, I had like my mom and and that famous stuff, but I really didn't talk about that stuff with with my mom and and her side of the family because they. I mean, that just that's stuff just scared them to death, you know? So I really didn't talk to them about it, but yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought it was extreme at times. Doesn't mean I hated it during those certain times, you know? Well, and it, and it is extreme and it's really interesting that you acknowledge that and you saw it at the time. Cause I know for me, I didn't see it. Like I was like, Oh, this is normal. This is just, this is just who we are, what we do. It's not extreme. People think it's extreme, but that's them, you know, and, and that's how I saw it. And a lot of the other people, they don't see it. So my point where I was going with that was I, and I'm trying to be more understanding and empathetic and, and not show bias to other people and, and uh, all that. And everyone has to work on that, not just formers, but I think everybody in the world mm-hmm. has some natural biases and things. And I'm trying to look at some of these people um, and try to understand their arguments and understand their points of view. And every day I feel like I get a little better at that. You know, I use diplomacy skills before in my past as a, as a leader in, in the far right. And I try to listen and, and, and take that in. So I think that some of these people, they're not doing it to be malicious or they're not saying these things thinking that they're extremists but really what a lot of that is i mean if you're saying hey we need to destroy the federal government and you're and promoting stuff like that you're an extremist whether you realize it or not but you really are and i don't think i'm not saying you but i'm saying the individual yeah yeah yeah. i would think that um it's it's a tough spot to be in because it takes a lot of self-reflection and things like that and and as you said and, and i think this is a good point to bring up as well um de-radicalizing on your own. And I did a lot of it. I, I did have some, a bit of a support network, some friends and family that were not uh, involved and a few uh, really good people that reached out to me and, and uh, helped me. And 
along my journey and time getting out. But a lot of people feel incredibly alone. They don't trust um, any of us that left, you know, in a lot of cases. Um, for and, and that's another reason why I think it's so important to be fair, empathetic, and compassionate so they understand, and this is, is to the people in the movement that are still there or that are on the fence that are watching this, we do understand, we do get it, and we don't expect you to jump from one extreme or the other. In fact, if you want to stay away from politics altogether, more power to you. I know I, I do. Um, I just, I feel like because of all the years that I was involved, um, it's better that I don't uh, involve myself in politics. And I get crap sometimes. So I'll post an article and even says retweets do not equal endorsement on my Twitter thing. And there's people that be like, why did you post an article from this site or that site? Or I, this individual runs that site. I don't know that stuff. I don't, you know, if I see something I think is interesting or right. uh, curious, I'll just hit post, you know, I don't know who's, where it's coming from or, or stuff like that. I don't think about all that. Yeah. Stuff. I don't follow that whole Fox news and CNN and <laughs> I can, if it's interesting and it's information, you know, I, I want to listen to you. I just listen to it. I, I had enough of that crap, <laughs> you know, back through my childhood. Mm -mm. Well, it just proves, it just proves the point, you know, it's like even the conversations that where Americans are at right now in general is so polarized that it's like, you can't even for a lot of people, if you post a news thing and it's from, like you said, like Fox, they'll say, Oh, that's right wing. Or yeah. if it's CBS, maybe that's left wing. I don't know. I really don't know. And I don't CBS. care. It doesn't matter if, if it's news, it's news, as long as it's not fake news and it's real um, or it's, it's interesting, you know, there it is. It's not, don't get mad at me because I didn't write it, you know, <laughs> so, it's just so it's so ridiculous where a lot of people are in the country right now and the polarization we're seeing even between the two mainstream political parties is so ridiculous right now. It's almost like extremists are controlling the narrative. Um, and I don't believe for one second that most Americans land on the far right or the far left. I think most of them want, you know, right peace, you know, and, yeah. and a normal life. Yeah. That's all I want. Peace and love. Warm weather. <laughs> right. Sand. That's all I want. And you know, I, I think someone said to me once, and it, it kind of took me back, but a, a lady I know said to me one, one time, she says, you know, Jeff, she goes, I think you former extremists are some of the most empathetic and compassionate people that I've met. And, and I was just like, whoa, I, at first, this was a while ago now, but I was like, wow, you really think I'm empathetic and compassionate? Like, those are not words that you heard in the movement. You know, those aren't, those yeah. weren't emotions that you had in the movement. It was always, you know, you were rock hard, yeah. solid, angry, you know, and, and, and stuff like that. You didn't have those emotions. But um, when I put it in perspective and think about it, I think it's because we had those experiences. We had that... Um, we lived that life that we were missing that empathy and compassion for so long that now we feel things uh, we love stronger. We, we have this uh, uh, more compassion than we used to because we were missing those things in our life before. So I think, 
I feel like all those emotions now are so much more powerful and, and stronger. And I think that's one of the really good positive things about leaving extremism is that we're more in tune with those things in life and in nature and, and in the world and in the universe that, that we missed out on for all those years. And that's the message I want to send out to all those people that are on the fence that are thinking about maybe they should leave or there's an opportunity to, for a better life here is not to get into these polarizing conversations and not to, um, and I don't want to make the whole show negative about a, a handful of negative uh, individuals either, but it's just so damaging when, when they do that stuff publicly because people are watching, they're taking note of that stuff and it's making them feel hopeless. It's making them feel like they don't have a choice. I've heard, I've heard a number of them say like, hey, why should I leave the movement? I see you're out here, you're doing this stuff, you've put your life on the line, you've risked everything, you've denounced uh, what you've done in your past and, and you've spoken out. And there's still, uh, you know, these individuals that'll say, he is a Nazi, she's a Nazi. We just got called it today, today even, today and yesterday. Yeah. You know, and these are people that should not, that should know better, that they do know better. They know we're not involved. They know that there's no going back into this stuff, but they're doing it on purpose for whatever nefarious reasons. And the problem is it doesn't affect us. It just makes us want to do more. We'll do 10 shows now for, for every time somebody says that, right? Right. Let's exactly. Back out three shows a night, Jeff. <laughs> right. <laughs> but at the same time, what they're doing, whether it's whether they think or realize they're doing it or not, is all those people that are looking for hope or looking for answers are feeling trapped. They're feeling more isolated. And you already know the movement is a very isolated, isolating place. And when you're in that bubble of extremism where you're trapped behind those barriers that you've erected in your mind it's difficult to come out from there. And when you see the bickering and infighting and groups suing each other and all these different kind of things that go on, um, it's incredibly polarizing and it, and it makes you feel even more hopeless. So it's important that those of us that are out here doing this kind of work don't do that sort of thing because it's not helping those individuals that really need our help that are trying to get out. So that's one more reason why we uh, set up Beyond Barriers is because we're not gonna engage in that. And I don't wanna have uh, too many more of these discussions on the program. I wanna put this out. I want to uh, slam it down on the table and, and put these type of individuals, anybody that's doing it, and that goes for people in the CVE and the academic community too. If you want people to leave the movement, don't act that way. Because when you act that way, you're driving people back into that movement that they were part of quite often. People like us, we don't get pushed. We don't get pushed. They're not, you can't push us back. We're not like that. But there's okay. other people that have more, more fragile emotionally or don't have that kind of support or that, that are vulnerable. And even though they won't say they're vulnerable, that's what it is. It's a, it's a very vulnerable spot to be in when you're leaving everyone and everything that you once knew to try to make a change. That's a hard, hard position. That's a hard thing to do in life. And if you're in 
making that worse and you're making it more difficult on those people, you are actually part of the problem. You're causing problems and you're causing those people to potentially go back into the movement. I know people that have killed themselves I, and, and there's, there's other people that struggle with depression when they're leaving. There's a whole, whole bunch of different things that can, that can happen to an individual that's struggling with these things. We need to uplift them. We need to help them. And that's what we're doing. That's what we're, uh, that's what what? We're, we're here for them. That come to us. Cause we're not going to judge you. We're not going to call you names. We're not going to act like bullies. And let me, and I, and I wanted to say, talk to, um, directly to anyone that's still involved in the far right. And I know it's hard. It's, it was hard as hell for me to break those thoughts and break those beliefs. It was shoved, it was shoved down my throat. I mean, to the point where I was being paraded all over. I mean, I was, I can't even remember all the talk shows that I was on as a child, as a teenager, being told what to say and, and you know, all of that kind of thing. But I just want to say that once you get a taste of love in your heart, it's going to become intoxicating and addictive. You're not going to want to ever go back to that crap again. You're going to mourn the years that you lost to all of that hate. So don't let any of these idiots who are causing all this drama keep you away from being happy and peaceful in life. Exactly. Thank, thank you so much for saying that because that's, that, that really drives it home. And that's really where um, life is so much better when you're not involved in that. I, you know, one of the things when you're involved in extremism, and I know I've said it before, but we'll say it again for the, <clears throat> for this program. It is like being at war with the world every single day. You're at war with half the white people that are out there. You're at war with all the other races. And, and this is for the far right, of course. But um, you're at war with the system and the government and all these sort of things. And um, It's a very dark, dark place. It is. It, it really the is. The waste of life. We only get to live once. You know, we, we, one time we're here. Got to make the best of it. Life is too short to waste it on hate and, and intolerance and that sort of thing. Um, you know, those of a lot of us that were there, I know for myself too, I felt like I was doing a good thing. And I know there's people out there that are going, what the heck is he saying? But we, a lot of us that were there, we didn't join the movement because we were all about hate in our hearts. Of course, the hate was developed there. Um, and it is about hate. There is a lot of uh, things that are very hateful in there. But we were motivated. A lot of us were motivated by pure intentions, thinking we were doing something good. We were going to save the country. We were going to save our race. We were going to look out for our tribe and all these sort of things. So these are noble ideas, even though they were misdirected. Um, and there's nothing wrong with, and I get a lot of people, this is another thing that we should, that uh, I got two or three ideas flying into my head at once, but um, <laughs> a lot of people, right now, say, I know, right? <laughs> a lot of people will say things like, 
um, some of the emails I've been getting uh, lately from people will say things like, hey, I'm not about hate, but look at the way things are going in society right now. Like I have to pick a side and I'm going to be on the white side or thing, things like that. And they're, they're, I can see this polarization. What's going on in the country is really damaging. And um, a lot of people think when they see us as well as, as formers, because there's people uh, and different political ideologies and there's people out there that'll, that'll, say well if you're white you should have to take this special course you know to and denounce your whiteness and all that but yet on the flip side of it if you're black you know then that you should uplift that right there right there that schism that causes racism you can't say black people need to be uplifted but white people should denounce their culture and heritage and things like that and that's one thing i want to uh, but at the same time claim equality for all Right. It's not equality if, if you're, if you're putting not. one person, one group of people down and uplifting another. I got nothing against, I think black people should be uplifted. I think brown people should be uplifted. I think white people should be uplifted. I Everyone. think everyone should be uplifted. All people, right? We should be uplifting each other regardless yes. of anything. Right, right. And, and you remember a number of years ago, when, you know, they say, well, you know, we shouldn't see color, you know, and, and now when there's people who say things like all lives matter, that's being called racist now. Um, you know, these things, it's, it's, it's almost like a touch of insanity in a lot of ways. And I understand both sides of the argument. Don't get me wrong. Black people have suffered incredibly in this country and they really have, they really truly have. But at this, on the other side of that, there's a lot of black people that have become very successful. We had a black president, you know, before mm -hmm. Donald Trump. We had Obama was president. So it, I don't believe that most white Americans are racist, hateful people. I don't think that's accurate. I think, yes, I, I think completely that, agree with you. And, I completely and there, there is racist people. There in, is in the white race, in the black, in all the different races. There's but there the is majority people. of people they just want to be happy. They just want to be happy and live in peace. Exactly, and I think that's that's where we need to come back to as a nation. And um, you know, I say we're not going to get political, but we're getting a little political. But um, I, what we're promoting, what we're pushing on this program, is peace and solidarity between all the races. Not